Welcome to the Words of Belonging podcast series produced by Belong. In this series, we speak with authors and writers and explore their writings in depth, covering themes of diversity and inclusion. Listen into conversations that focus on how gender, sexuality, caste, ability, ethnicity, religion, and other kinds of identity-based bias show up in our myths in Indian language literature, even discussions around modern internet. Understand the role of translations and the importance of debates about contemporary feminist and LGBTQ+ movements and many more such topics. Hope these conversations help you see the world in a new light. Hello and welcome today we have with us Adil Biswas and Vee Ramaswamy. Adil Biswas began to write in 1976 age 22 contributing fiction and non-fiction to little magazines. He ran a bookshop for many years and is the editorial director of Dungchil Publications. The first volume of his memoirs won the Suprabha Majumdar Memorial Prize by the Bangla Academy of the Government of West Bengal in 2014. Vee Ramaswamy took up literary translation of subaltern writing after almost two decades of social and grassroots activism in his city Kolkata. He has translated the Golden Gandhi statue from America, Early Stories, Wild Animals Prohibited, Stories, Anti-Stories, and this could have become Ramayan Chamar's tale two anti-novels by uh, Subhanil Misra and the novel The Runaway Boy by Manoranjan Vyapari he was awarded the inaugural literature across frontiers charles wallace india trust fellowship in 2016 today we are discussing memories of arrival a voice from the margins translated for the first time into english memories of arrival brings together four books of a migrant story of displacement and exile in one volume Adil Biswas, the Dalit, makes the subalterns gain some visibility. The author, though half-starved, gets an education. He finds possibilities delighting in the city of Calcutta, making the most of what he can. He finds a place in the book world, finally emerging as the distinguished editor and publisher of Gangchil and Doerr. I would like to start this conversation with a broader question about memoir writing. So what was Adil Sir's motivation about writing like writing about his life and what do you think about the power dynamics of memoir writing especially when you think about how memoirs usually have all the people who are powerful or victors and their stories namaskar amar sota bondhu ba darshok bondhu amar didimoni ramoshami says amader sri shammo mandir ashe shobar kache ami kritoggota janie আমি শুরু করি আমার এই বিষয়টা যে মোটিভেশন বা আমার ইচ্ছে বা কি মোটিভ মানে আমার ভেতর থেকে কি মনে হয়েছে লেখার পেছনে এই কাহিনীটা তো আমি নিজেই জানি না লিখতে লিখতে ধরা পড়ে গেছে আপনাদের কাছে পাঠকদের কাছে আমি তো লেখার জন্য লিখিনি মানুষের একটু পড়ুক আমার কথা নিজের কথা জীবনের কথা স্মৃতির কথা দেশ বাড়ির কথা ফেলে আসা দিন যেটা পার্টিশনের পর আমি চলে এলাম এদেশে সেই কথাটাই আমি লিপিবদ্ধ করেছি তো আমি একটা কিছু লিখতে চাই কি লিখবো তা আমার কথা তাই লিখছি এর ভেতরে আলাদা করে কখনো যখন আমার লেখাটা শুরু হয়েছে 
সাতাত্তর আটাত্তর এই সময়ে যখন আমি লেখাটা শুরু করি জীবনে লেখা কলম ধরি কিছু লিখব বলে তখন তো একজন লেখকের এই মোটিভেশন বা একটা কি লিখবে সে একটা পরিণত লেখক হিসেবে তখন সে চিন্তা করে যে এরপরের আমার থিমটা কি হবে আমার বিষয়টা কি হবে কিন্তু আমি যখন লিখেছি আমার কথাই তো আমার ভেতরে কোথাও কোনো কিছু মোটিভেশন কিছুই কাজ করেনি ভাবিনি মনেই হয়নি আমার কথা নিজের মতন করে বুনে গেছি মাদুর বোনার মতন সুত সুতো দিয়ে দড়ি দড়া দিয়ে সেলাই করে গেছি আমি বলতে পারবো না যে আমার মোটিভেশনটা কি ছিল আমার প্রথম জীবনের একজন লেখক এটা বলতে পারেন আমারও তেমন আমি বলতে পারিনি যে আমার মোটিভেশনটা পেছনে কিছু ভাবিনি এটা আমি অনুবাদ করি Adil Biswas uh, began with uh, his greetings to everyone to whom he is grateful. Regarding motivation, he says, I myself don't know. I simply wrote and uh, that was received by reader. I wrote about my life, about my childhood, about my house, about my village, the river in the village. I wanted to write. So what shall I write about? I wrote my own story. In the year 1977 or 1978, when I started writing, regarding the question of what to write about and what themes to decide upon, actually that never arose. I simply wrote. I wrote off my own life. It was like weaving my memories of my own life with needle and string. And that made up my writing. সেটা হচ্ছে যে আমরা যতদূর জানি আমি বই পড়া সাহিত্য পড়া ইত্যাদি কোনো কিছুই কিন্তু আমার জীবনে ঘটেনি অনেক পরিণত বয়সে বহু বছর পরে আমি কিছু শুনেছি অমুক মানুষের লেখা ওই দেশভাগের কথা কিন্তু আপনি যদি মনে করেন আমি পড়েছি তা কিন্তু নয় আমার পড়ার সময় ছিল না কোনো অবস্থাতেই ছিল না ছোটবেলা থেকেও ছিল না যুবক বয়সেও ছিল না এই মধ্য বয়সে এসব নেই আমি আমার পরিবার আমার পরিবারের মধ্যে আমি দুটো অন্যের সংস্থান করার জন্য আমরা সারা পরিবার ধরে যে বৃত্তের মধ্যে যে পরিবারের মধ্যে আমরা বসবাস করেছি সবারই চেষ্টা ছিল দুটো ভাত খাবো একটু আনন্দ করে একটু মাছ খাবো তরি তরকারি খাবো পেটটা ভরে যাবে সুতরাং এই জায়গা থেকে যে লেখাপড়াটা সেই লেখাপড়াটা আমার কখনোই ছিল না আমি আমার বংশের মধ্যে পূর্বপুরুষ থেকে আমি অন্তত তিন প্রজন্মের কথা বলতে পারি আমি প্রথম সন্তান যে স্কুল পেরিয়েছে প্রথম সন্তান সুতরাং আমি ছোটবেলা থেকে তো কাজ করি আমি লেখাপড়া করব কোথায় অন্য সাহিত্য কি করে পড়বো পড়াশোনার সময় নেই তো আমি শুনেছি কিন্তু যেগুলো কথা লেখা হয়েছে ঠিক উল্লেখযোগ্য এবং খুব গুরুত্বপূর্ণ একটা কথা যে সমাজে প্রতিষ্ঠিত মানুষরাই লিখেছে এই দেশভাগের স্মৃতি তার ফেলে আসা দিনের কথা তার বিষয় সম্পত্তি ইত্যাদি হাহাকারের কথা কিন্তু আমি লিখেছি আমার নিরন্য পরিবার প্রান্তিক পরিবার আমি একজন খৌরকার পরিবারের বার 
একবার আমার বাবা চুল দাড়ি কাটতেন সেই পরিবারের কথা আমি আমার অথার্স নোটেও আমি লিখেছি সেই পরিবারের সন্তান হয়ে যে স্মৃতি কথাটা যেটা সহজ ভাবে যে সত্যিটা আমার জীবনের মধ্যে বইছে ওই দেশ থেকে আমি বহন করে এনেছি যেটা ভোলা যায় না স্মৃতি তো কখনো ভোলা যায় না শৈশবের কথা মায়ের কথা আমার জন্ম মাটি আতুর ঘরে যেখানে আমি জন্ম নিয়েছিলাম মা আমাকে রেখেছিল আমি এসেছিলাম আমাদের ঠাকুর মশাই বলেছিলেন আরে আমাদের ভিক্ষে দাও আমার দাদা বলেছিলেন ভিক্ষে দেব না আজকে আমাদের ভাই এসেছে ওরে দেখি দেখি মুখটা দেখি কি সুন্দর নাম সেই ঠাকুর মশাই ভিক্ষের ঠাকুর আমাকে নাম দিয়ে গেছিলেন রতন ডাক নাম আমার রতন সেই রতনের কথাটাই আমি তো এই আমার আপনি বলছিলেন ওই আতুর ঘরের সম্বন্ধে কে এসে নাম আমার জেট তহলের আমি মুখখানা দেখে যাই সেই ঠাকুর মশাই আমাদের আতুর ঘর থেকে মা তুলে আমার মুখটা দেখিয়েছিল এসব দাদা বলেছে সেই ঠাকুর মশাই আমাকে নাম দিয়ে গেছিল রতন ওর নাম থাক রতন রতন এসেছে ঘরে এটা গোড এসেছে এই এই কথাই লিখি ফার্স্ট পয়েন্ট হি ওয়ান্টেড টু সে ওয়াজ দ্যাট দিস হ্যাবিট অফ রিডিং বুকস দ্যাট নেভার হ্যাপেন্ড ইন হিজ লাইফ এন্ড ইট কেম ইফ এট অল মাচ লেটার বাট স্টিল বুডন বি এবল টু কল হিমসেলফ ওয়েল রেড পার্সন and more than reading he heard about writing and about books and literature from others for instance people oriented writers or people who written about the partition but from his childhood onwards the main question in everybody's head every day was having adequate food to eat and when that was taken care of to have at least a bit of better food as a bengali to have a piece of fish in your meal so that is what uh, preoccupied everybody's consciousness so reading is not in that scene at all and uh, as a child going to school there never seemed to be any time for reading given all the other responsibilities but yes it is established people uh, people in power who have written accounts of their lives and in that context i have written simply written my own story of uh, my starving marginal family uh, of which the head was my fa- father who was a barber and he said he wrote this in the uh, author's note at the beginning of the book as well and uh, it is from that background of the memories from that childhood and thereafter when he came to india the memories that he brought along the memories of the country that he left behind the memories of his mother who died and was cremated in that country he brought that set of memories along as well to india for instance in the end he dwelt upon uh, the story of his birth that he heard about from his 
older brother and uh, he was born in the labor room atur ghar as it is called in bangla and the uh, a man who was a minstrel and, and singer devotional singer singing kirtans in their village uh, he came asking for arms and uh, the author's brother said uh, we can't give you arms today a child has been born in our house so that minstrel said you don't need to give me arms just let me see his face and he looked at the baby's face and said oh he's a gem meaning raton name him raton and that is how he got his name which is his uh, name at home or dakna and adhir biswas is his subsequent more formal name so these are the things that he wrote about and as he said earlier not with any motivation but just simply he wrote and that was all that he knew to write about himself yeah i think thank you so much adhir sir for sharing and uh, i think my next question also is related to this like you already mentioned about partition and uh, i have like we usually partition literature is dominated by educated high caste ethnicities who have usually after partition also found some kind of success so how does a collection like memories of arrival unsettle this narrative of success and what has others experience been even today how has partition affected him even in today's time व्यक्तिगत भावी भागता हो जीवन बड़ जोर कल्पना करते हाटे हाटे दोकानदारी करतम जेको शब बार बार सेलुन बार बार होते रिमे के बार बार समाज सोसाइटी उच्च बर्णर मानुषरा नेगलेक्ट कर घृणा कर घर ढुकते दुर्गाजा जेते मा के बहरे दाड़े थकते होपदस्थ मानुषे कष्ट पे बाबा हाथ देशान्तरी 
আমার ভেতরের কষ্ট হয়েছে সেই হারানো গুলোই আমি স্মৃতিতে গেথে রাখছি তুলে আনছি মন খারাপ হয় কিন্তু মনস্তাপ হয় না মনস্তাপের মধ্যে আমার কোনো হয়নি বরঞ্চ এটা আমার হারানো হয়েছে বলে দেশভাগ হয়েছে বলে আমি কখনো না কখনো আমি আমার কথাটা লিখতে পেরেছি আর দেশভাগ না হলে কিন্তু আমি লিখতে পারতাম কখনো আমি তো নিজেও ভাবতে পারি না সুতরাং দেশভাগ বা পার্টিশন সাম ওয়ান পিপলস মানে মাই সেলফ ইজ এ আর্ন অফ মাই লাইফ দেশভাগ ইজ এ ট্র্যাজিক এপিসোড বাট ইট ইজ মাই ফর মি ইটস মাই আর্ন অর্জন এই অর্জন কারো না কারো স্মৃতি কান্না আছে মরা কান্না আছে মিথ্যে কথাও বলা আছে এটা ছিল ওটা ছিল এ হারিয়েছি দশটা পুকুর ছিল অনেক কিছুই আছে হয়তো ঠিক আমার কিছুই ছিল না এই না থাকার মধ্যেও যে একটা জীবন উঠে আসে পরিবার উঠে আসে সময় উঠে আসে সমাজের বন্য বিভাজন উঠে আসে এই পার্টিশনটা না হলে আমি কিন্তু নিজের কথা লিখতে পারতাম না লিখতামই না এই ঘুরে দাঁড়ানোর ভেতর থেকেও আমার কথা বলার চেষ্টা করেছি লিখতে চেষ্টা করি এখনো তাই লিখি but for me speaking very personally it was because of partition that someone like me was able to have a life and a job and earning if not i would have remained in that village and that most in my life i would have become a shopkeeper or run a barber saloon no no job or no education would have taken place uh, my father was a barber he would have trained me and i would at most have opened a shop the society in general and the upper caste uh, folk uh, around us they viewed us with uh, contempt we had no access or entry we were seen as uh, incapable and useless folk our presence was seen as polluting and upsetting of of uh, ceremonies and so on all this tormented my father and besides we had no land or any possession of ours we labored and fed ourselves and so in those circumstances my father felt that that is not our country and that country is not for us it is for some who are powerful and uh, wealthy and so with much grief my father left and then began a life of uh, or a battle uh, life as battle there was loss of course and one grieved about it but that was stored in in one's memory and there is sadness associated with that as well but still i have the memories uh, that can never be taken away from me in fact if it was not for partition would i have written a memoir my sense of self the fact that i am earning is my earning from partition i would not have been an earning man standing on my own feet in calcutta if not for partition so the the uh, tragic uh, episodes uh, in my life 
all of those are also my earning so when people say i lost i would say that i gained in the sense that i got something i earned something and uh, my writing is also like that because i write about a life and a family with nothing they have nothing but yet you write about them and that is a fruit of the partition and in that writing the poverty uh, the the marginalization and the caste domination also are articulated and that is uh, also as i see it a result of the partition and uh, that is how i view partition thank you so much for sharing that point of view i don't think many people think about it that way yeah the next question so i also another big i think theme or a big part of the novels about talking about poverty and usually when we talk about poverty it's a very condescending kind of view that it's an individual's problem or a state or like it's it's the like it's a result of um, fate or bad luck but you in your memoirs you mention how this is part of a structural problem especially with the caste hierarchy so can you talk a little bit more about that perspective of poverty about how it's connected to structural issues and the caste hierarchy daridro doridro howa ekta poribarer kache tar obosthanogoto ekta byapar তার অবস্থান পিতা মাতার থেকে উত্তরাধিকার সূত্রে সে পেয়ে আসছে বাবা অভাবী মানুষ তার ছেলেও সেই অভাবেরই অংশীদার কিন্তু অভাব বা দারিদ্র কখনো কখনো যে মানুষ বা সমাজ যে সমাজের অনেক অংশ এই দারিদ্রকে অবহেলা করেছে কষাঘাত করেছে এবং মানে নিম্ন নজরে তারা দেখে এসছে অনুকম্পা অনুগ্রহের চোখে দেখে এসছে সেই দারিদ্র যখন সর্ব অঙ্গে জড়িত থেকে মেখে নিয়ে দারিদ্রের সঙ্গে লড়াই করে যখন একটা মানুষ একটা পরিবার পরিবারের কেউ কেউ যদি কিছু নতুন ভাবনার দিকে যায় কাজের মাধ্যমে ভাবনার ভেতরে লেখার ভেতরে চলাচলের মধ্য দিয়ে যদি প্রাণ পেতে চাই সমাজ আমার অভিজ্ঞতায় দেখেছি নব্বই ভাগ নব্বই থেকে পঁচানব্বই ভাগ তাকে পিছন থেকে টেনে ধরে তার কারণ বিশেষ করে সৃজনশীলের জায়গা সৃজনতার জায়গায় কাজের জায়গায় মেহনতের জায়গায় বুদ্ধির জায়গায় যদি এগিয়ে যায় সেটা তার পক্ষেও একটা অভিশাপ বা দারিদ্রের থেকেও আর একটা চরম আঘাত কিন্তু এই দারিদ্রতা কিন্তু মানুষকে কখনো ক্রিয়েশনের জায়গায় কাজের জায়গায় স্বপ্ন দেখার জায়গায় ঠেকিয়ে রাখতে পারে না আঘাত করলেও সে কিন্তু ঘুরে দাঁড়ায় আর আমার মনে হয় এই মানুষের জীবনে কোথাও না কোথাও অর্থনৈতিক দিক দিয়ে না হলেও যে কোনো ভাবে তার দারিদ্র বা দরিদ্র বা সমাজের অবহেলা অনুকম্পা মানুষের ঘৃণার কেউ না কেউ যদি তাকে দেখে 
এই দেখাটা যদি না তার শরীরে বর্ষণ হয় সে কিন্তু ঘুরে দাঁড়াতে পারে না সে কিন্তু নতুন করে দৃষ্টিপাত করতে পারে না এই আমার অর্থনৈতিক দিক দিয়ে যে দারিদ্রতা এবং আমার সমাজের অবস্থানের যে জায়গা থেকে অনুন্নত অশিক্ষিত সমাজের একটা মানুষের যে জায়গা থেকে সে কাজ করছে আমার কর্মজীবনের জায়গায় আমার বর্তমানে প্রকাশনার জায়গায় আমি কিন্তু একজন নেই মানুষ আনওয়ান্টেড ম্যান এখনো এখনো আমাকে এই প্রকাশনা জগতে আমাকে ভুই ফোর করে রেখেছে ভুই ফোরের মানুষ আনওয়ান্টেড ম্যান এর কোনো যোগ্যতাই নেই আমার কর্মজীবনে থার্টি ফাইভ ইয়ার্স আমি কাজ করেছি গ্রুপ ডি পদে সেখানে কিন্তু কোনো দিন আমার কিন্তু প্রমোশন হয়নি যে পদে ঢুকেছি সেই পদেই আমার রিটায়ারমেন্টটা হয়ে গেল নির্বাসন হয়ে গেল তো এটা কোথাও না কোথাও কে অধীর বিশ্বাস নাপিতে ছেলে ওর কি যোগ্যতা আছে ও কি পারবে এই জায়গায় এই দারিদ্রতাই আমাকে উদ্দীবিত করেছে উজ্জীবিত করেছে যে আমি কিছু কাজ করব প্রমাণ করব কাজ দিয়ে ভাবনা দিয়ে স্বপ্ন দিয়ে মাই মিশন যে ওয়ার্কসটা পৃথিবীর মানুষ ফলো করবে মনে রাখবে সুতরাং এই দারিদ্রতাও এক ধরনের মানুষের মধ্যে একটা সম্পদ হয়ে থাকে যদি সেটাকে সে সুন্দরভাবে ব্যবহার করে এগিয়ে যেতে পারে একদম রিভোর্ড করতে পারে দারিদ্রতার ভেতর দিয়েও আমি স্বপ্ন দেখব প্রাণ দিয়ে যাব দারিদ্রটা কোনো আমার জীবনে কখনো কখনো মনে হয় দরিদ্র মানসিকভাবে অর্থনৈতিক দিক দিয়ে এটা মানুষের জীবনে খুব দরকার যেটা আমি চেষ্টা করেছি এই এখনো এই দারিদ্রটাকে আমি পুঁজি করিনি কিন্তু এই জায়গা থেকে ইগনোরেন্স আমাকে অবহেলা করা ইগনোর করার সমাজের এখনো চলছে এবং তার বিরুদ্ধে আসলে আমার লড়াই এই দারিদ্রতা শুধু ইকোনমি নয় পয়সা করি নয় দারিদ্রতা সমাজপতিদের অবহেলার দৃষ্টিটাও একটা দারিদ্রতারই একটা সামিল সুতরাং এইটাই আমার লড়াই আর এইটাই আমি করব এটাই আমার কাজ দারিদ্রতা কোনো রকম ভাবে কোনো রকম খারাপ অর্থ আমি দেখি না দারিদ্রতা থাকলে মানুষ ঘুরে দাঁড়াতে পারে এইটি হচ্ছে আমার কথা is an existential situation and in my case an inherited one so there is poverty in, in, in an economic sense and then there is social uh, loneliness people uh, look upon you with contempt and that is the social structure that is the background from which i come and he said that unless you encounter this you cannot uh, pause and take a look or pause and turn in another direction whenever he has tried to do something new or anyone tries to do something new either in terms of thinking or in their work or as a writer in their writing 90% of society pulls them back because your creativity your labor your intelligence your advance are all very painful and hurtful to them just like poverty is painful to somebody suffering your advance is hurtful to them creativity cannot be hindered by poverty and by contempt creativity is something that will survive 
unless you uh, as i said encounter uh, economic uh, poverty of being bereft of anything and being at the bottom of the social heap and being viewed with contempt by society unless you personally experience or suffer this you cannot uh, rise you cannot uh, be a stronger person speaking about myself even after all these years even today i have no doubt that i am an unwanted man in the publishing world in which i have been working for so many years i am considered to be worthless not amounting to anything i worked in a big organization for 35 years there was no advance in my position there i retired after 35 years in the same post in which i joined there was no promotion why because adir biswas is the son of a barber how can he be worth anything but in my case my poverty and the contempt that i faced it only spurred me and pushed me on a kind of mission to write and to write my story something that people everywhere around the world can read and know so poverty is actually a kind of resource because you cannot stop somebody from dreaming and striving and uh, in my case i think that poverty and contempt was necessary and that is what i have tried to convey in my writing how adversity uh, made me so to speak poverty has not been a capital for me you know, to utilize rather a resource to use in a creative fashion and my battle uh, has always been against this structural poverty poverty and uh, being a low caste citizen being part of the same two sides of the same coin so my battle has always been against that system that consigns you to economic poverty and social loneliness and that is still my battle and that is what uh, i will continue to do and that is my work in my life to battle poverty in all its senses and i think that was also a really great insight about the whole experience of special this has experience in the publishing world and uh, i guess like the next question i had was also about what is like the moral responsibility or the responsibility in general of the publishing industry to i think promote more marginalized voices and like what can they do better in making more inclusive choices onubad hole to bhalo jodi na ke ami amar kaj gulo prokashonay je gulo enechi लेखकृत हबें प्रसारित हबें और अनुबाद मन करब जो प्रसारे तो भलोई है 
বাংলায় তো এই বিষয়টা নয় কাউকে না কাউকে তো এই হাত বাড়িয়ে দিতে হবে যদি নাকি মনে হয় যে আমরা কিছু না কিছু কাজ অনুবাদের যোগ্য করে তুলেছি সেটা আপনাদের মতন মানুষ আপনাদের মতন দৃষ্টি সম্পন্ন মানুষ যদি এটা করেন তাহলে যদি নাকি কিছু হয় তাহলে তো সেটা আমার ভালো লাগার আর একটা দিক হবে পালক হবে যে না আমি কিছু কাজ করেছি আমি চেষ্টা করি যে একটু অন্য রকমের কথাবার্তা কণ্ঠস্বর দলিত স্টাডিজ পার্টিশন লিটারেচার উইমেন স্টাডিজ এগুলো করার চেষ্টা করি মুভমেন্টস নকশাল বাড়ি এটসেট্রা তো এটা আমার মনে হয় কিছু না কিছু আলোচনার জায়গা রয়েছে বৃহত্তর পাঠকের কাছে পৃথিবীর বিভিন্ন অংশের কাছে যদি কেউ করেন তাহলে তো আমার ভালোই মনে হবে আমি তো সুখ পাবো আনন্দ পাবো যে আমি যে কাজগুলো করেছি যে ভাবনা থেকে যে কাজগুলো করেছি সেটা কিছুটা হলেও ঠিক এইটাই আমার চাওয়া বা আমার যদি নাকি মনে হয় ডিজায়ারেবল because people will benefit and if it is translated uh, i feel that i have done something right otherwise it wouldn't have been translated and if through the translation the writer himself benefits whether monetarily or through his name being known by more people then that is also something that is nice people think that it is worth translating and worth reading uh, that gives me a good feeling besides in my writing as well i have tried to do something different and also in my uh, publishing work to gangchil the themes that we touch upon are dalit writing subaltern writing partition studies women's question social and political movements the naxalbari movement so if works uh, from this uh, range uh, are translated then i would definitely think that our thinking behind our publishing was correct and i would feel good about it yeah i think the next question is for you um sir so the, the how was the experience translating especially a memoir i i think would be a very different experience translating the words of someone who's talking about their own life and um, also like what do you think about the translation indian translation industry at the present and what would you hope from the future right uh, just a little bit uh, before this meeting actually i was thinking about uh, the experience of uh, translating and the question that arose in my mind is the so called neutral translation i mean can a translator remain neutral dispassionate uh, as if it made no difference what he was translating whether it is a murder thriller or, or an autobiography or, or something else so it's just words uh, so whether translation can be neutral in my case no i pick particular work uh, 
that I uh, decide to translate. And uh, very often it is something that someone tells me about, or I ask somebody about a particular book and he strongly recommends it. So I'm fortunate to have those advisors around, even specifically this book also. Uh, Adhir and I have a close uh, common friend, uh, Minal Bose, who's a physician and novelist. So in, in fact, it was he in the course of a casual conversation that uh, I mentioned that I would translate and then he didn't let me go after that. He, he saw to it that I started translating. And that made me a, a translator. Now translation is my life. So he told me that uh, the first book, Allah Jomi Tepa, uh, setting foot on Allah's soil, uh, it got the prize from the Bangla Academy. He recommended it very strongly. And in fact, he wrote a synopsis about it also because I wanted to apply for a fellowship to translate it. We were unsuccessful. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it motivated me to start. So it, it, it is not uh, objective or, or impersonal or neutral. There is a normative uh, and subjective bias. Uh, literature, the experience of reading literature is totally subjective. Somebody loves a novel, somebody hates it. So uh, there is a kind of uh, baggage, as it were, that I, as a translator, am carrying. And so it is with that that I arrived at uh, all these writing. But still, uh, you know, it, 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 the writing is of such a personal kind uh, and it reveals and bears uh, so much. Um, and uh, even though his style of writing is very cryptic and taciturn, Nonetheless, uh, he talks about so many very personal uh, and deeply personal things that uh, in my case, at least, it, it drew me in. And in fact, the style of writing, as I said, is cryptic and sentences are very brief. And perhaps in the English translation, I made them more uh, comfortable for the English reader in many cases. But I wanted strongly to retain a good element of his style of writing you know, because that is his speech and it contrasts very sharply to the styles of writing of the canonical works dominated by upper caste folk. So the stories of, of uh, low caste folk like the author are bound to be different in every way, even stylistically in the form of writing and so on. So trying to follow the plot, as it were, is demanding of the reader. And since I'm the translator, I have to be more close than any reader. I have to read it so many times. So if you make that effort of reading closely, then it draws you in, you know, like a shark in jaws. It just bites you and draws you in. Uh, and, and in my case, then uh, you're not a translator. You're seeing the thing happening as you read uh, the life that is being described, you, you can visualize it. For me, there are some personal factors. I've also written about that in the translator's note uh, that, that made me uh, feel connected uh, to the author's uh, story. So uh, 
it it was a deeply personal experience for me as well uh, and uh, of the uh, four books that comprise uh, memories of arrival i think uh, one two, three of them i i translated when i was abroad uh, and once in my friend's house in germany that was the first book and then the second and third book uh, in korea Uh, where i was on a residency so being away and translating this uh, which is so personal and sitting the whole day uh, just uh, translating and nothing else happening in one's life then because the fellowship is to translate so you are trying to do to 8 10 12 hours a day uh, working on uh, this in my first round of translation perhaps it needed that isolation and that quiet isolation to take in and deal with uh, this text and do justice uh, to it it was very uh, moving you know very small things uh, there's uh, see what the author does uh, in these books very often he remembers remembering so he's writing a chapter on taking his little sons along and going by rickshaw to the uh, riverside in west bengal on the day of mahalaya which is actually the beginning of the durga puja uh, that is the day for uh, offering uh, uh, prayers for your ancestors among hindus so people go to the river ganga and uh, there's a priest so he will uh, do those uh, sacred uh, chants for you and then you bathe in the river so as he so the author is remembering the episode of having gone to the river bank with his children and he remembers that while being in that river bank he remembered his father's death because his father was cremated nearby and he didn't want to raise his head and look at the sight that would remind him about his father's cremation so it's about memories and layers of memory it's about remembering remembering another time one of his sons wanted a rose plant to be planted in the plot of land beside their house but the author forbade him from doing that rather you know tersely and then later he went and made up with his son and tried to explain to him that in his family they never kept roses because roses were beloved by one of the daughters in the house and she died uh, at the age of uh, 12 or something uh, after a sudden ailment and, and they were too poor to get her treated so after she died uh, the author's father uprooted all the rose plants in their compound and they never kept uh, roses in their house after that so he explains to his son so and at the moment that he's writing that chapter in the book he's remembering he's remembering having remembered his sister while his son asked for a rose bush so uh, you have the the, the text uh, drew me in and i was almost a person present uh, uh, in the situation that the author is describing in his books and and witnessing it as it were and being a scribe of that uh, 
in many cases one has to witness it you know there are objects there are actions there are motion one has to almost enact it you know because it is such micro detail a, a scholar friend of mine used the term micro memory you know so it's very very particular and you have to search for words uh, suitable words uh, to convey that so yes uh, a very uh, deeply personal uh, and memorable experience for me and uh, also in july uh, 2020 just after the big phase of the lockdown i uh, stopped going for work because somebody in my office uh, was feeling unwell when we sent him home and, and shut the office imagining it might be covid and then from the next day i didn't go to office uh, i am the proprietor of a factory so it's easy for me to do that but it's also nearby and papers and so on can be sent for signing so i i stayed at home for two and a half months or something and worked on all these uh, books of odir i had completed the first round of translation and they were all typed so i just had to go over them and make them uh, manuscript material so uh, that labor is also a very uh, memorable part of the experience the second second part of your question about uh, such writing and the publishing industry and translation i can only speak uh, personally because i am not uh, really moving around in the publication world you know in calcutta for the last several years now i have a circle of, of writers uh, adir is one of them writers uh, scholars critics and so on but it it doesn't form the publishing world as such and uh, in the last uh, several years uh, my reading has reduced drastically and since i'm translating the whole day now that is what i'm reading the whole day the book that i'm translating i read and i translate and in most cases when i translate and i read to translate that is the first time i am reading only in a few cases i have already read the material that i am translating so my exposure and a network etc is limited but still from the sense that i have and speaking from my experience i can say that it, it's positive yes the larger picture is what is the future of books i think we are still not in a crisis and no last word has been pronounced that it is the end of the book we have the ebook we have uh, what is it called kindle and so on and they exist together with the books uh, so uh, big big uh, book events like the uh, frankfurt book fair uh, take place still uh, international world book fair in delhi kolkata book fair so all i guess and all the uh, literature festivals in this country and elsewhere so i guess they seem to suggest that books are alive there are other trends in the publishing industry of big companies taking over small companies closing closing their companies uh, amazon uh, purchased westland and then deci- decided earlier this year to close it some of my books were being brought out by westland so it was in limbo 
but thankfully the uh, staff in uh, Westland decided to continue and they got the help of Pratilipi and so now it is a new kind of entity, Westland Pratilipi, but they are going to bring out the books uh, that they were meant to. But from my experience, it's only been positive. I committed myself to translation. I was lucky in the first instance, a friend introduced me to the uh, editor of a big company that is HarperCollins, and she liked the samples she read, and then subsequently a contract was given that was for the first book. And then now uh, I just submitted last year the manuscript of the fourth book of the same author. It wasn't easy for the third book, for instance, after having initially told me that the book would come out, subsequently I was told that it cannot come out. And then a new editor a year later asked me to send my manuscript and then he liked it and he helped to bring it up. So, but on the whole, I wouldn't complain. I, I've been very fortunate. Uh, I've translated and they have been published and uh, Eventually, sometimes with major delays, I translated uh, The Runaway Boy uh, by Manoranjan Bapari. And it was two years after I had finished that I finally got a contract from uh, the publisher because of certain complications, which uh, did uh, make me unhappy and uh, bitter. But I tried to go further and not. Uh, think about it and put it behind me. On the whole, my experience has been positive and now people uh, have read my work uh, and, and uh, know my name beforehand and are more receptive to my proposals and uh, respond. Uh, so I'm, I am fortunate. Meanwhile, I'm observing that there are many more translations in the landscape from various parts of the country and also internationally. And of course, one has to mention most recently the Booker Prize for the Hindi novel in English translation. As a translator, it was joyful news. And also the author, uh, the translator, Daisy Rockwell. I don't know personally, but we had been in touch uh, 15 years ago via a blog that she was active on called Chapati Mystery. So, and I had sent my first book of translation to her to read as well. So that she got the prize was uh, delightful news uh, to all translators. It, it means uh, Hindi and India and Indian writing in Indian languages uh, gets prominence, much needed prominence. Of course, within the Indian landscape, there are some languages that are favored and some that are not favored, you know. So, as a reader of literature, as a social human being with a lifelong curiosity about people and society, and as a translator, I am very uh, attracted by uh, the theme of my work is voices from the margin. You know, Subhimal Misra is a writer who consciously kept himself on the margin. Monoranjan Bapari is a writer who was born in the margins and spent his life in the margins. Adhir Bisas is a man from the margins. But they are writing in Bangla. But within Bangla, there are various dialects and there are very regional forms of the language. There are great writers who write in the regional forms of the language. So 
there should be progressive move to uh, embracing all these and, and translators should go beyond uh, beyond the big languages or the main language and get into the dialects as well that also we are seeing we are seeing lots of writing in uh, dialect speech and in the regional languages i'd like to see more of that translation happening also if publishers are bringing out translations then i'm sure readers are reading it as well again speaking personally uh, i believe by word of mouth people are reading my translations of shubhimal mishra you know i meet somebody and they say oh you are the translator my friend gave it to me and said this is one book you must read so it has taken on a life of its own so the presence of those books allowed those readers to read it and then recommend it to their friends and so on so the big job was done by the publisher who agreed to publish it of course and the translator who, who wanted to translate it and proposed to the translator publishing houses uh, are alive to translation so i suppose typically they would commission people to some book is making waves in some language so some uh, editor hears about it and commissions a uh, translator i have never been commissioned i have commissioned myself only and then proposed that to publishers and they have agreed so i am an independent uh, translator so more and more translations uh, have come in the last 15 years and that trend should continue they should embrace uh, smaller languages like meso or kumauni kumauni is a language i just heard about a friend's father their kumauni passed away so he was talking about kumauni uh, in regard to his father it's a whole language you know people write poems in it and songs maybe novels or so those should also be translated internationally uh, there is a big disparity the trans- publishing and translation world in india and that in europe or north america are, are very different you know in europe and north america people can make a living as translators as literary translator it would be difficult for somebody to make a living as a literary translator in india uh, there are some people who uh, are uh, deeply uh, connected to the publishing industry so they may be able to survive but uh, if uh, quality work has to be done it takes time and, and you know as a translator i my there's been uh, the experience of being a translator in the last 17 years has been evolving and rich so in the latest phase that i am in i'd like to call it dwelling in translation meaning you are just there you are not there to go away from it there is no movement you're just staying there so you stay with the sentence you just take it in fully so that you can reproduce it in that other language so obviously the writing is such even a simple sentence is not so simple it is so nuanced and so constructed it is such an artifice or an artifact that it requires that time to behold it 
and take it in and digest it and then convey it. So I never thought about that as a transfer. I was always in a hurry from one sentence to the next, to the next, and to finish, and especially for translating something immensely long, like The Runaway Boy, which is the first novel of a trilogy. It's so immensely long and endless, so you only want to finish. But uh, thankfully, I went through that apprenticeship, and now I'm uh, consciously trying to dwell in translation. Hari cannot be any part of the business of translation. So then who is going to pay for it? My uh, translation has been enabled simply because I have independent means so I can translate. I do not have to uh, earn my livelihood so in the hours that I uh, devote to translation. So I'm very lucky. So the fact that I'm, I'm devoting that time to translation is a, is, is a good deed. And I'm supporting the whole translation trend and the translation industry and the translation movement through my personal action, my commitment, and my company has been kind enough to finance it modestly. So the point to take from that is anybody who has a capability to translate, they must devote themselves to translation. And even if they can spend an hour a day or an hour a week, I'm sure they can manage that time. And out of that, they will become full-fledged independent translators. Thank you so much for that advice and like an insight on translation. Yeah, and, and like in general, as someone who doesn't speak uh, Bangla, or I'm always in depth to anyone who translates and like uh, increases the accessibility to that text for sure. So um, thank you so much for doing that. And um, my last question is just a couple of like recommendations for our listeners as well. If you have of memoirs, especially or any other books or translations that you both have read in recent part, the past that you would like our listeners to um, read to. I Right, so from the author's side, uh, two books that you can think of. One is a boy called Meghna Pare Din Guli, which means uh, days by the river Meghna by Rupa Sengupta. Um, and the second book uh, is called Goi Geramer Pachali, which actually I just finished translation and it will come out next year. Uh, in English, it's called uh, Song of the Faraway Village. Uh, and the author is Ansaruddin. He's a marginal farmer and writing uh, in a village uh, in West Bengal. And now uh, well-known uh, as a writer and the winner of several major prizes uh, in West Bengal. So those are the books uh, Adhir uh, wants to recommend. Uh, from my side, uh, I translated uh, Manoranjan Bapari's uh, Shandal Jibon trilogy, 
the first book of that is uh, The Runaway Boy that came out in December 2020. And the second part of that is called The Nemesis um, that I expect will come out later this year from the new avatar of uh, Westlam. Um, those are also very detailed uh, life stories uh, of the protagonist, Jibon, who is a kind of alter ego of the author, Manoranjan Vapari. Um, that comes to mind uh, a, a book, uh, again, uh, that I am currently translating, Talashnama, which I mentioned earlier by Ismail Darbesh. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, it's a kind of phenomenon, the book. Uh, the, the author is a uh, man belonging to a garment-making family. The word in Bengali for garment maker is ostagar. So these are uh, traditional uh, garment-making households. Uh, when you're born in that, you start doing that work from your childhood. So it is a long-standing garment-making family, and currently there are four or five brothers. The author handles the marketing side of the business. But he comes from that background, and he uh, studied till post-graduation, and, and then got into the business and kept reading books. He liked reading books, and about the age of 30 or so, he started writing, or earlier. And this is his first novel. But he, the novel is entirely about a village like his, like his own village. And uh, Muslim-majority villages in West Bengal. There are many in various districts. Uh, West Bengal has almost 25% of its population Muslim. So they are present everywhere. And in some cases, there are Muslim-majority villages. Hindus are a minority over there. So it's in a village like that. And the center of the life of the Muslims of that village is the mosque. So the novel is all about the politics around that mosque. So anybody who reads it recommends it to somebody. And so people who have never read a novel in their lives or a storybook heard about the book and bought it and read it. And so that story of their own lives was the first novel that they read. Hopefully now they will read other novels and take in the stories of other people's lives in other parts of the world. So uh, th that has been a, a phenomenal achievement of this novel. And it, it is so deeply into uh, Muslim life in West Bengal that I thought it was important. The, the other book that I just mentioned, The Song of the Faraway Village, is also like that. That author's writing is like an ethnographic account of the rural Muslim milieu of West Bengal. And this Talashnama is also like that. So that is one thing I'd like to recommend. I'm translating it and it will come out next year from Harper College. Thank you. Thank you so much. 